Hi, my name is Caroline, and I'm so glad that you're joining us on our Grace Journey podcast. At Grace Church, we are all about knowing God and reflecting His way. I hope this sermon will do just that by feeding your mind with the knowledge of God and engaging your heart to live a life reflecting His grace and truth. So hopefully you remember that in the month of October, we've been talking about stewardship, what it means to be a steward of the things that God has given to us, not just our finances, but all the parts of our lives, but also our finances, which is a tough one for us to let go of sometimes. Today, I want us to look at Psalm 121. So if you want to open your bulletin to that psalm, we said it responsibly, but I want to focus in on that psalm because I think it's one that... You may know a little bit, probably not as well as Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, but Psalm 121 is a really significant psalm, and I want us to look at it for a brief second here. Before I get to that, though, let me ask you to remember a time in your life when you were standing and looking at your future, looking at what is coming your way, and you felt unsure. Maybe you were scared. Maybe you were uncertain about what is coming next. And that uncertainty, that lack of clarity, made you afraid. Think about one of those times. And as I was thinking about those times for myself, myself or for folks that I've done life with, I was reminded of several moments where that happens to us on a regular basis. Maybe you graduate from high school or college and you don't have a job. Maybe you had a job, you get laid off from work, and you don't have any idea where you're going to go next. Maybe you have had a son or a daughter who is recklessly playing with fire in their life. They don't know it, and you're worried. Maybe you've had a consuming depression, and you don't know how you're going to get out of it. Maybe you've been a part of a divorce that seems in more than just the marriage. Maybe you've had a terrible diagnosis. And the prognosis has yet to come. Uncertainty. Not knowing what is coming. It is a scary place to sit. It's unsettling. It's confusing. So what do you do with yourself in those times? When when you're in that moment, where are you? What's going on in your head? I think sometimes, I know I do this for myself for sure, I, in, in those scary places, I try to give myself a little pep talk. Some, some words that maybe will make me be stronger. Well, um, it has to get better. It can't get worse, right? Or maybe I, I tell myself, I've got to pull myself up by my bootstraps like that ever works, right? It's in those moments when we are uncertain, when fear seems to be on us like a blanket, that Satan and his lies are just running rampant in our head. We give them space because we're scared. What I think, though, is that we should really be preparing ourselves for these moments because they're very common. They happen all the time. And rather than being unsure of where God is, let's remind ourselves today, in fact, exactly where God is. And that's what Psalm 121 does for us. It 
tells us of exactly how we are to build faith inside of us for those moments when we feel like we are on the edge of the cliff and there's nowhere to go. That's what Psalm 121 is all about. So let's look at it again today. It begins with, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where is my help to come? So when the writer of Psalm, this Psalm, we don't know who it is for sure, uh, when he wrote that, I lift up my eyes to the hills, what do you think he's meaning? Well, obviously he's looking around himself in his uh, geography around him, and he's seeing the hills. He sees those mountains. And, of course, if you've been there, you, uh, to those places, you know how beautiful they are. I love the mountains. I love go, going hiking and climbing them. Um, I love how they just sort of pop out of the earth, make that beautiful background. They feel strong to me. They feel powerful to me, even though they are not a lot more than just a pile of rocks that have come together in that particular place. That pile of rocks that's about to cause me pain as I attempt to ascend them. So the psalmist also saw those hills, saw those mountains, saw the daunting obstacle right before his journey, and he thought to himself, how am I going to get to the other side of that? And he knew that the, the mountains had no answer to that question. So he knew that when he lifted his eyes to the mountain, he needed to go even higher. This is why he says, my help comes from the Lord. More than how big these mountains are in front of me, it's the Lord that brings me my help. The maker of heaven and earth is what the psalmist writes. Now, just by a, a bit of background... So you know, Psalm 121 is a part of uh, a 15-psalm passage, 15 psalms right in that same area. They're called the Psalms of Ascent. And as the pilgrims would be going to Jerusalem for the high holy days, these would be the psalms that they'd be listening to on repeat on their iPods. Um, you know, they would just have these psalms going over and over and over again. Actually, what they would do is they would be singing them. They would be singing these as they were on the journey towards Jerusalem. So these psalms would have become more than just words on a page. They would have known them in the very fabric of their being, in the very heart of who they were. So sort of like for us sometimes, I already mentioned Psalm 23, when we're in that dark place and we're scared and we say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We're reminding ourselves of who God really is. Same thing here for Psalm 121, that they would have been reminding themselves of who their real hope was as they're ascending towards and so it's kind of like a, a prayer rehearsal, prayer rehearsal that they would have said that would have helped them on their journey. And they would have known that without God's help, they're not going to make it. So the psalmist is really teaching us to pray, where is my help to come from? You look above the mountains, he says, and your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Our bulletin doesn't say it this way, but actually in the text itself, the word the Lord is capitalized. Uh, it should be in our bulletin too. Because what's being used there, the word the Lord, is the sacred name of God. That is Yahweh. And it indicates that our help comes from God who made his promises to his people. He promised, they will be my people and I will be their God. And it's that Lord that the readers of this psalm would be reminded of as they go through Psalm 121 again. 
Because the one that we're seeking help from is the one most able to give. Say that again. The one that we're seeking help from is the one most able to give it. This is the one who can bend nature to his will. This is the one who can make paths in the wilderness. This is the one who can make day in darkness. This is the one who can bring water from dry ground and send bread from heaven. This is that God, the maker of heaven and earth, who provides for you and me. If that doesn't build your faith, I'm not really sure what's going to. I don't have a lot more than that, because that is the pinnacle of what we're talking about when it comes to faith. It's this God who wants to care for you and provide for you. And so when you lift up your eyes for help, look beyond the hills, the psalmist says, to the one who can provide everything you need. Let's say it together. I lift up my eyes to the hills. My help comes from the Lord. Let's do it again. I lift up my eyes to the hills. My help comes from the Lord. Did you feel anything? Just saying it aloud makes my heart and my mind realize that's where my help is. It's not from me, my ability. It's not from you and your skilledness, but from the Lord. If you notice in verse 3, the language then shifts from my to you, to your. The idea here is that we remind ourselves who our help, help is, and then we come to church. We do life together. We sing songs. We tell stories. We look at one another as brothers and sisters and remind each other that our help comes not from each other, but from God himself. That's the picture of the psalmist that's painting here. It's so beautiful. Because the journey we're on, the journey you are on, the journey I am on, it's more than tough. It's treacherous. It will kill you. One slip of your foot, and you're going to fall. And we're afraid we're going to fall from the grip of God, which is why the psalmist writes, he will not let your foot be moved. Your foot. This is the words that we're telling each other. This is the words that we're reminding to each other when we're in that dark place, and you can't remember it anymore. I'm here to remind you, God's not going to let your foot slip. With constant vigilance, he will not let our foot be moved. He's going to watch over you. And he will never fall asleep. What it says, actually, is he, he who watches over you will not fall asleep. Behold, he who keeps watch over Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I love that. Not sleeping. Not taking a nap. In fact, six times right here in this Little passage of Psalms. We see God watching us. We see God keeping us. The main point here is really simple. God's care is on those who are looking to him for help. He protects, he guides, he blesses, and he never, ever sleeps. Does that give you courage? Where's your faith now? Where's your faith now knowing that this God who never goes to sleep is watching out for you? personally caring for his people. That is Israel and now all those who 
their trust in him. That's what the psalm says. So again, think about that dark night that you've had, that dark time in your life when you stood in the precipice and you didn't know what was next. Think of those restless times when you couldn't get to sleep at night because your thoughts were just running away with you. When whatever burden was laying on you was so heavy that sleep seemed forever away. Think about that moment. And remember now Psalm 121. Because that's the idea. The point of this psalm is that when you're in those dark places, when you are afraid and you cannot calm your own spirit, the psalmist wants to give you these words to hold on to. You will not let your foot be moved. And he who watches over you will not fall asleep. So that you can. You can. Because he's got this. This is what God wants to do for us. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He won't let my foot slip. He's watching over me. He never sleeps. Will your maker fail? No. Will he doze off while you're in trouble? Never. He's going to watch you to make sure that you are cared for. And he it says, is your shade at your right hand, so that the sun will not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. This journey of life that we're on, I don't need to tell you, because I think you already know, is threatening. It's difficult. The day and the night, both are filled with terror. But for God's people, for you and I, the Lord is the, our shade at our right hand. The Lord watches over you day and in night. Do you remember when the people of Israel were leaving Egypt? Do you remember that he gave them a sign of his presence with them? By day, it was a pillar of cloud, a pillar of smoke. That must have been pretty incredible to watch every day. That would have been pretty reassuring to me that as we're leading out, as we're going out, there is this pillar of smoke that doesn't dissipate like a contrail in the sky from airplanes. It's always there. And I'm like, well... Okay, I'm a little scared, but apparently I got this pillar of smoke, so things are good. But wait, it gets better, because then night comes, and I don't know about you, but I'm always afraid of the dark. I'm always afraid in the night. I'm a big fan of night lights. Um, talk about this for a night light. It was a pillar of fire. Ever seen one of those? I haven't. Good Shepherds here in town tries to make one every year, and it's, it's pretty amazing how they do it. They do a 15-foot pillar of fire, and that's amazing. But imagine this. Supernatural pillar of fire. Why? He's looking out for you. He's caring for you. He's letting the people know they need not be afraid, even in the dark. There is evil, brothers and sisters, that is lurking. And you don't need to look any farther than your own soul to find it. It's inside of us. And yet, we are not a danger to ourselves because God has got this. And so, though you may be wearing out because of danger, though you may feel that exhaustion, heavy upon you. So the terrors of this life may feel like they're pressing in on you in all sides, and you wonder, how are we going to do this? Remember, our help comes from the maker of heaven and earth, who is not weary. In fact, he never tires. He watches over us. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you, nor the moon. Neither the blistering, exhausting heat, nor the scary lunacy of night. The Lord will keep us all from harm. 
as we have faith in him, as we encounter him. And actually, the psalmist wraps it up by saying, now for more. You know, our first line in our gospel today, Luke 18, is this. Jesus tells his disciples about a parable to pray always and to not lose heart. That's what it says. That's how Luke records it. Why a parable? Because they need a story. They need a story about how not to lose courage, how to stay connected to God, how though they're afraid, they need not be. And so he tells them this story about a persistent widow so that they don't quit when their future is uncertain, that they don't stop when they're afraid They're at their wit's end, and they don't know what's next. The point is, press in. Keep going. Keep praying. We know that we've never been promised any kind of freedom from trouble. You've not been promised a freedom from evil, but you have been promised protection from all of that. He will watch over your life, the psalmist told us. And though the troubles that we encounter every day could tear us from our faith, if we allow it to, God will prevent it. God himself will bracket you in such a way that you will be protected so that you don't need to worry about gaining the whole world. Instead, just rejoice that you've gained your own soul with God. So for this month of October, we've been talking about stewardship and giving and tithing. Our commitment of our finances being given wholly to God, not just the little bit that he asked for, but in fact, all of what we have should be credited to God. And one thing I've noticed about giving over the years is that it is this very challenging place for us. It is this moment of opportunity for us to encounter God in a very tangible, real way. God wants to protect us day and night. He wants to guide us and to care for us. He wants us to know his love and his protection. And we want those things too. I don't know any one of you who would say, you know what, I'm going to say no to all of that. Thanks anyway, God. I don't need your protection. All of you want that eagerly. And yet, when we start talking about money, we get a little sticky-fingered. Don't talk about that, God. We want all the promises that God has for us. We want all the good things that he has promised to give us, but we don't want him meddling in our finances very much. And when that issue comes up, we find ourselves a little more willing to look away, look at something else. We want God watching over our going out, our coming in, and this time forth forevermore. We love that idea but we don't want him reminding us of the areas that maybe we're not faithful. Maybe the areas that we have not given over to him, that we're not willing to trust him. And our finances is a big one. One of my favorite authors, Oswald Chambers, he once wrote, faith, faith is the deliberate confidence in the character of God whose whose ways you may not always understand at the time. Hear it again. Faith is the deliberate confidence in the character of God, whose ways you may not understand at the time. That is very common for me. I do not often understand the ways of God, and yet I still choose to trust Him. I still choose to have faith in Him. 
And if you don't, trust him. If you don't feel like that faith is where you're at, there's great news. There's still time. There's still time. The day is not done. You're here. You're hearing this. You can trust again today. But I will tell you who I'm really worried about today. I'm really worried about those of you who hear that quote about faith, about us not understanding his ways and yet still needing to be able to trust him. I'm really worried about those of you who hear that quote and don't feel challenged at all. Who, in fact, hear that quote and think, that's fine. That worries me. Not for me, but for you. It worries me because I don't think you're encountering the God who wants to encounter you, the God who wants to change you, the God who wants to bless you and guard you and protect you. That God wants to give you all of those things, but if you are not willing to have that faith, then you will not encounter any of those protections and blessings. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber indeed. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. He always has, and he loves to do it, both now and forevermore. So you have an opportunity today in your bulletin. You have a pledge card. Another opportunity for you to look at God and say, okay. Tithing 10% scares me. I'll do the, I'll do the, I can do the 1%, or I can do the uh, $20 and feel really strong about myself when I do that every so often. I want you to push beyond that. Not for me, not for Grace Church. I would love for this church to become a tithing church. That is, that 10%. So that you can encounter all of the goodness of God. And then I want you to rejoice as you find it, as you see it, and share that good news with each other. I didn't think I could do this. I did it, and God overwhelmed me with his blessing. I love God that he gives us this choice. He could make you do it. He could force you, he could punish you, he could make all your paths so you have to do this, but he doesn't do any of those things. Instead, he says, make it a choice. Because he knows that when we choose to be faithful, we are forever different. That's the God I want you to encounter today. With that in mind, let me pray. Father, we thank you that you have not forced us to be obedient. You have not forced us to listen to you. And yet, you are still faithful even when we are not. And I pray that in this moment, this opportunity, when you are yet again giving us a chance, not just to return thanks, but instead to express faith in you, I thank you that we can say yes or no. And I pray that everyone in this room, everyone hearing these words today, would say yes. Yes to a life fully pledged to faith. You have never left us. You have never forsaken us. Your name is God. Thanks again for listening. To find out more about what's going on here at Grace Church, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, our website, graceocala.org, or, of course, on our campus here in sunny Ocala, Florida. 
Go in peace.